In this week's episode of Story Inter, we'll be reviewing the two wins against Parma and Atalanta. We'll be previewing the game against Torino. We'll be discussing Inter's Scudetto chances with in-front content creator and Serie A commentator, Mr. Patrick Taroni. This week's Moji Moratti and Frog, and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, only on sempreinter.com. Benvenuti, bentornati to another edition of Studio Inter. I'm your host, Dimatarelli Ruzzari, wishing you welcome back to another week where Inter are capolista, uh, which is something that we've, uh, we might have to get used to as this season progresses on. But before we get to all of that, let me introduce my panelists, starting with the Semperinter.com preview writer, Mr. Mohamed Nassar. Hey-ho, what a time. Great to be here. Can't wait to get into this podcast. Yes, let's do it. And we're also joined by the chief news editor on Semplita.com, Mr. William Beckman. Hello. Buzzing for this. Happy birthday, Inter, of course, because we are recording this on Inter's 113th birthday. Yes, the 9th of March. Absolutely. Uh, and we're also joined by a very old friend of ours who's he's not been on the show for quite some time. We're very happy to have him back. Welcome back, Mr. Eduardo Dalmonte. I am so happy to be here and thank you so much for having me. I am incredibly excited and uh, naturalmente tanti auguri internazionale di Milano 1908. Sure. Club, certo. <laughs> of course. Um, and we're also joined by a very special guest. He's a Serie A commentator. He's a, a content producer over on Infront. Uh, well, making a studio inter debut, Mr. Patrick Taroni. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's good uh, to be here. It's good, to be, it's good to be with you. It's good to have you with us. Um, well, let's start with, uh, I wanted to start with uh, the game against Atalanta because the, the past, I mean, Inter are on a seven-win run right now. And uh, these it's been seven of the toughest games uh, throughout the season. It's been a derby. It's been Lazio uh, and, and, and also Atalanta, who, who now are one of the best teams in Europe. Um, but they've won these games in, in quite different ways. Uh, against Genoa and Parma, they were the teams. They were the team that were dominating possession and creating chances. Against Milan and Lazio, they they played a little bit deeper. But above all, against Atalanta, it was it was Catanaccio pretty much. It was old school. It was as if Trapattoni was standing there on the sidelines. Um, I'm keen to hear pick your brains about. Uh, keen to hear pick your brains about this Conte, uh, this is Inter's uh, Conte's Inter. What do you make of this squad? Because it's been quite the roller coaster season. I mean, getting knocked out of the Champions League, disappointment in the Coppa Italia, and then now on the verge of winning the Scudetto. What, what do you think? What do you make of all this, Patrick? Well, I think in a, in a way that's worked in their favour this roller coaster season. Um, you know, they don't have uh, European football to think about, and so they can concentrate on the league. And uh, I think that's showing. Um, uh, you know, Atalanta, like you said, yeah, it was a little bit catenaccio, certainly. But, you know, they kept a, a, a high-scoring team at bay. Um, they didn't, you know, they didn't concede so much. Yeah, towards the end, they did have to suffer a little bit and Atalanta came at them. Um, but, you know, I thought it was a very, very accomplished performance. And I think, you know, they're obviously, they're in the driving seat and uh, they deserve to be there. They're on a wonderful run. I think, you know, 
Conte's got all the pieces in place and uh, things are working exactly the way he wants them to at the moment. For sure. I mean, looking at the fixture list, um, this run, seven wins in a row, um, realistically, how much longer do you think this can go on? Well, I mean, it's an it's an odd season, so that's difficult to say because um, we've seen some some uh, funny results throughout the season. I would say, you know, unexpected results, definitely. So, but I thought honestly that yesterday might have been a banana skin. Um, I thought they might struggle. I thought Atalanta would definitely score, and that didn't happen. So. Um, I don't expect them to maybe win every single game from now to the end of the season. That's what 12 matches. So that's maybe asking a little bit too much, but uh, they're not conceding goals. So any side that doesn't concede goals is extremely difficult to beat. Mm, For sure. I'm going to hand you over to uh, Mo now. Mo, did you have a question for Patrick? Yeah. Hi, uh, Patrick. Uh, Thanks for coming on. Well, Hi. (laughs) So my question, last time I asked this question was the game after the derby. Inter had just beaten Genoa and, uh, and Milan had beaten uh, Roma away. And uh, the, the, the general consensus was that, uh, like you had noted about the Atalanta game, the Genoa game might have been a banana skin game, a, a quintessential Inter trap game, you know, post-derby high, uh, uh, poss- possibility of taking the game taking your foot off the gas uh, in the match, so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Inter did very well. So my question to the guests that day was, what was more impressive? Was it Milan beating uh, Roma in, uh, at the Olimpico or Inter uh, overcoming their traditional Inter self and managing to win those games that they deserved? So I'll ask the same question to you this week again, because I think this week is possibly even more meaningful for the how the season pans out. Because I, I personally thought that... Milan were for sure going to draw points against Elas, but they didn't. Uh, they kept a clean sheet and they beat them at the Ventugodi. Yeah. But in on the other hand, uh, quite, I, I'm not going to say handily beat Atlanta. It was a difficult game, but like you said, they kept the second highest scoring team in the league at bay and, and managed to take care of business in a very difficult match. So to you, which game, which result is more uh, impressive, and which one do you think is more significant, if any, to how the season is going to end for the respective teams? Well, in, in answer to the first question, I think, me personally, I think the um, the derby was the turning point. I think they came out of that game on a real high, um, <clears throat> and and I think from then on they realised that you know, they could go on, take the lead in the table and they could go on and win the, the championship, the Scudetto. I mean, it's it's still a little bit early to say for sure, but I think the feeling within the side is that they're now convinced they can do it. And I think that came after the derby. The derby was a, was a massive game. That convinced them that they could, um, yeah. they could go on and do better things. So I'm going to say the derby. Uh, the game against Genoa, yes, I agree. It was certainly a, a, a more, a bigger banana skin than the one against Atalanta. Atalanta, of course, you know, doing very well, scoring lots of goals. Everybody expected Atalanta to give them a, a tough game. Genoa were doing well, but still a team, you know, not at the top of the table. So 
for me the um yeah the turning point was the was the derby that's the that was the big game for me i think um and i think the belief is there that's the that's the key thing the belief is there uh, conte believes it now the players believe it you know they have a man at the helm who knows what he's doing he knows how to win championships and um and i think the players are now convinced that you know they they can mm-hmm. For sure. Um, I'm going to hand you over to Will. Will, did you have a question? Yes. Uh, hi, Patrick. Thanks for joining hi. us. Uh, I've been listening to you on uh, Premier Sports all season with your World right. Free Country. So good to have you here. Um, I wanted to, I wasn't sure what I was going to ask, but um, I was just watching the game again before we, we came on air. And I was struck again by that image that a lot of Inter fans were, were excited about on um on social media last night, and that was the the rather unusual sight of, of Christian Eriksen hoofing the ball into the stands in was it minute ninety one or something when uh, when into were, were under the cosh. And I mean, I suppose this question doesn't really matter because the the, the, the bottom line is that he's now one of Inter's best players. Um, he probably should have started yesterday, although I suppose that's uh, that's easiest to say with hindsight. We all certainly were saying last week that we wouldn't be surprised if Arturo Vidal started. Um, but do you think that these performances now, where he seems to be a much, much more sort of bedded into Conte's system, is he is he proving that Conte was wrong to to kind of discard him and almost sell him in January and and maybe not persist with him earlier in his his time into than than he did, or is he actually proving that Conte was right because he's had a year and now this has all clicked because. I think everyone knew when he joined that it was quite, po- quite possibly not a ma- marriage made in heaven, him and Conte. Yeah. But I don't think, but it, it's taken a long time for him to come to the ball. And now he really has. So, and also, so that's one question. Do you, do you have an opinion on which way that is? But also, do you think now we're in a position where literally he has to start every single match, no matter the opponent? Well, I mean, I'd like to see him start every single match. Me personally, I'm a big fan. And, um, I'd like to see him play all the time from the start. Uh, I agree. I still don't think he really matches Conte's idea of uh, the kind of football he wants to play with with Inter. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's good to see that he has finally settled down. I think in answer to your question, it is a little bit of both. Um, I think... It took him a long time to settle down. I think initially Conte didn't really um, didn't really see him in the side. Didn't really know what to do with him or where to put him. Or you know, Conte does like his quite his rugged sides. He he likes a physical team. Uh, Ericsson, we all know, isn't quite that. He's you know he's a bit of a a creative player. He's not always uh, a tough tackling player. So it, it's a little bit of both. I think in, you know, for Ericsson, I think the good thing for him is that he's persisted. He didn't let himself, uh, I, I don't think he let his head get too down or, you know, he, he, he stayed with it. He persisted and, and gradually convinced Conte that he could also play a role. And thankfully he is now. Um, like I say, I would still like to see him start from the very beginning all the time because a player like that I think um you know would be would be great for Italian football in general to see him you know a few more goals maybe he hasn't scored yet that would be good um but you know if a goal were to come that that might really like launch him 
for the rest of the season. So, yeah. Um, Ed, did you have a question for Patrick? Yes, I did. Um, mine's about Atalanta, actually, would you believe? Um, okay. Because I've read something quite interesting. Obviously, um, as a commentator, you have a better global view. I sometimes think that I can tend to get very intercentric a little bit. And my question was more about Atalanta in the sense that, so Fonseca, uh, Roma coach, said something interesting the other day that was, you know, a team's identity doesn't change, the strategy does, game, game to game, effectively. Did Atalanta, this is my question, did Atalanta get sucked into their own sort of style of play a little bit too much? Because, you know, a lot of sort of ball control, a lot of passing it around, some nice nifty moves where it'd be sort of, you know, a feint, the ball would go through. It looked very nice, but fundamentally, it didn't lead to a lot, especially not in the second half. In the first half, you'd have thought that Atalanta goal is coming. In the second half... You know, and very much so. I really appreciated the Trapattoni comment you made, Nima, because that was exactly what Trapattoni would have done. It's like, yeah, throw on two defenders. In fact, I was entirely surprised that he replaced two defenders with two more defenders. I thought he was going to take off everyone and just put in, you know, a seven-man back line at one point. Um, do you? Sorry, just to get back to my point, do you think Atalanta got sucked into their own style of football? I'm not going to say got too comfortable, but I don't know, sort of lost sight of what they were doing there because I thought Atalanta played really well, but there was just nothing in the final third. Um, I, th- I think, to be honest, uh, some of that uh, merit has to go to, to Inter because I think they um, shifted their game plan. That's true. Suit Atalanta's play in the sense that they, they, you know, they were expecting that. And I think in a way, you know, I think Gunter said, listen, we're, n- we're not going to try and, and outscore them. We're going to play this kind of game. And um, they got the goal. Obviously, that helps. Uh, fairly early on so in the second half so um, yeah I mean if there is maybe one critique of Atalanta it's possibly that then they are a little bit one-dimensional but that's I think that's part and parcel of how Gasperini likes to play Um, you know that's the that's the kind of team he has he has built that's that's what they know how to do I guess so, mm. um, yeah, I guess they did get sucked in. Um, I think tactically, Inter got it right. Yeah. Um, that's, I guess, what I'm trying to say. Uh, Inter got it right, I think. And that will please Conte a lot. Um, you can't always win scoring lots of goals. Tactically, they did the, the good things yesterday. They were solid at the back again. And um, they just, yeah, they held on a little bit towards the end but you know that will do so yeah I, I do think Atalanta did get sucked in a little bit and they didn't quite know how to you know how to break down this inter side by the end so you know Atalanta do play very much it's a one-on-one game with Gasperini he likes the mm-hmm. duels you have to win the duels and um an inter you know hard running physically very very strong side so they met their match yesterday. Mm. That's that's that, that's a good point. But I, I, I wanted to because I, I, I that's what I was thinking when I was watching the game. Um, a little bit that a lot of that is down to was was to in, was because of how Inter were solid defensively. I I think between one of one of the reasons that I've been very critical or, or very doubtful uh, with regards to Inter winning the Scudetto is because. No matter how good the defense is and how well Conte's finally been able to balance that defense, 
if you don't have a goalkeeper who makes these insane saves, you're not going to win the league. And these yeah. last few weeks, um, Pat, uh, these last few weeks, Samir Andanovic is mm. is making is making these crazy saves that he was not making. I mean, he he's gone from course, a liability, yeah. he's gone from a liability to 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 a to a strength now. Yeah, um, he's re- he's rediscovered his. Uh... His best form, especially in you know, I mean, one that springs out to mind is the is the derby. I mean, he really he really excelled. Yeah. In that match. And, and 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 this is this is something that I wanted to ask you about. Um, do you think that the, this is uh, uh, I mean, his his poor form, uh, which has been almost going on for eighteen months. I mean, is this a case of class is, is permanent form is temporary, uh, or do you think that Inter do have a problem and that now he's you know it's kind of like a a little, you know, renaissance, which is, uh, which isn't permanent, but but the, the decline is real, and that Inter should be looking for for a goalkeeper to, for you know, in the summer moving on. Well, where where are you on this? Because I'm I'm kind of I don't know anymore. I'm I'm really um, that's a that's a good question, and it's a difficult question mm. because if you know if you're not uh, in the club or inside the club, then it's it's a difficult one to answer. I mean. Just from watching Inter, I would probably say if I were part of the management, I would start looking for another keeper. Mm. But that's easier said than done because there aren't that many top keepers or, you know, uh, top class keepers around or that teams are willing to sell, which is even harder. So Mm. you have to find a young upcoming keeper that you think will become the future of uh, of the team. I still do think Handanovic has got, you know, some seasons left in him. Um, but maybe he will never be the, the Handanovic of a few years ago. Yeah, maybe mm. he, he won't. That's my feeling anyway. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's that's kind of where I am as well. But uh, but uh, but then again, I go, well, I mean, because I mean, two seasons ago, I mean, when he won the best goalkeeper of the Serie A, he really was the best goalkeeper in the Serie A. And then last season, we saw a clear decline, continuous. And then for most of this season, barring a few matches before Christmas, it didn't. It looked really grim, grim, and he was looking like a liability. But then these past few weeks, he's like you said, it's it's the old Tandanovic, and yeah. and. Where do you go with that? It's it's difficult, isn't it? Because that position is such a sensitive it, it is. position. It's a, it's a funny position, the goalkeeper, yeah. because, like you say, there, there may be no real reason for his dip in form um, or now his his excellent form. I mean, not physically anyway. I think it's mostly a, a, a mental aspect of the game. Uh, it's a psychological thing that maybe there's just you know, a slight, lack of focus maybe at times and um and it's obviously far more apparent for a goalkeeper than it is for for other players i would say for outfield players um who definitely go through you know dips and and highs throughout a season but generally you can you know you can maintain uh an average if you like or uh, Mm. but um yeah it's a difficult it's a difficult one it's um it's a difficult one and it's not going to be easy to replace him either. So my feeling is, yeah, I probably would, but I don't think into will is what no. I'm saying. Oh, you don't think so? I, mm. I personally don't think so, no. Mm. I, I think they'll stick with him and, and he'll be um, the keeper next season. But, you know, 
a lot can happen obviously in the uh, in the summer transfer window and this might be a slightly um, different summer transfer window um, oh, for sure <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, 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 you know this is it's it's funny times we're living through so um like i say it's not going to be easy to find a new one if they are so you know they're going to have to look hard and look well if if they were i mean posing that they would um are you team Juan Musso or team Alessio Cranio? Because I'm more, I think I'm more to Alessio Cranio um, mm. than Juan Musso. Right, I see. That's a good question. I haven't seen either side that much. I have, I have watched Musso uh, a few times this season. I actually say I've been quite impressed with him. So um, I do quite like him. Um, He's got good stature. He's good. Uh, um, got good reflex saves. So I'd say, from what I know, I would probably go with Musso. With with uh, Juan Musso. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, before we let you go, I just wanted to quickly ask you: How do you think this thing will end? And and also, which four teams do you think will make it to the Champions League? Because that's also quite the hornet's nest. Oh wow! Um, it is. So I do think Inter will uh, win the Scudetto. I think they, um, they're the favourites and I think everything is in place for them to win it. If they don't win it, it's because they've really, um, they've really let it go themselves. They've really, uh, it's spectacularly, you know, in 12 games, I think it's, it's going to be difficult to beat them. So... They're definitely my favourites to win the Scudetto. As far as the other three teams are concerned, my picks are... Mm, this is a, <laughs> it's a difficult one. I, I thought, as you'd said earlier, Milan might drop points in their last match, but they didn't. So I'm going to stick with Milan finishing inside the top four as well. And I'm going to say Juventus are going to finish inside the top four, and I think Atalanta will. They're my top four. Mm, agreed. Not necessarily in that order, um, but I think Inter will finish first and then the others, uh, I don't know. <laughs> who cares? Who, sure. cares? who, who cares? Who cares, Patrick? This is an Inter podcast. We don't care. We only care about Inter. No, oh, seriously. Um, thank you. Uh, before we let you go, um, if people want to find you on social media, uh, I don't know which ones you use. If you've got something to promote, the floor is yours. Actually, uh, I'm not a huge social media man. I'm obviously on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Um, and so, yeah, that's where you can find me. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, Patrick. It was a pleasure. Thank you. It was a pleasure for me as well. Take care. Ciao. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Um, right. Uh, let's um, let's continue. Uh, let's talk about the Atalanta game. Um, um I'm, um, I, I, for me, the most impressive thing is, is still the defense, uh, and how well positioned they were, all the three of them. I, I don't think that Milan Skriniar, Stefan de Frey, and Alessandro Bastoni individually are the best, are maybe even top three best central defenders in the world. But I do think that together they form the best defensive line in the world right now. They, the way they, they completely 
locked inter down and the way it, it feels like the confidence they and and patient and, and energy they created with with the calm they spread in defense is is also helping uh, was was a, was a large factor in getting Samir Handanovic to kind of regain his con- confidence and to play like he's doing um and and I felt that if that game had have gone gone on for another 24 hours Atalanta would still not have got scored and that's something I've not felt about an Inter defense playing against the top side for many, many years. Let's call it 11. <laughs> Let's call it 11. No, but seriously, it, it really was like that. And and I'm and as someone who's very partial to 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 disciplined defensive football, and I I love that. I don't have any problems with this. I, I don't, you know, I'm not I'm not Team Pep and Tiki Taka. I'm Team. You know Jose Mourinho and uh, Helenio Herrera all the way, but that's just personal preference. Uh, but I I have to say that the more I look at this Inter team, the more it feels like an Inter, like it's Inter. It's it's not Antonio Conte's Inter. It's it's Inter and Antonio Conte is a flavor that that has married Inter really well. Um, wh- what do you what do you think, Mo? Where are you on 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 this whole thing about the defense and and everything I said? Yeah, no, I think uh, I think you're hundred uh, percent correct, and that um, something happened over the last over 2021. Uh, I mean, we'd we'd been talking, singing praises of the defense in general uh, through the season, of course, Yanni, without uh, giving Handanovic his due uh, uh, criticisms when uh, when merited. But overall, the defense has been good. But something shifted sometime over the past six, seven weeks, where, like you say, there's there's um, some some sort of a, a feeling amongst them, an understanding, a level of understanding. Again, for me, it's typified by that uh, block in the derby by Skriniar, the you shall, thou shall not pass, uh, stop. It was in the derby, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's- Anoglu, right? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, so there's, yeah, there's definitely a, a growing sense of uh, snowballing confidence amongst them, and I, I, I do take uh, issue with the, with you not calling them uh, the top, uh, and not one of them being in the amongst the top three defenders in the world. I think, I think any of the three uh, has a shout in being uh, in the top three defenders in the world. I think they really are that good. And I, what I meant was, let me just let me just clarify that. I don't. I'm not saying they don't have the ability to be that good. I'm saying they're not today that good. Oh, they, def- I, I, they definitely have the, the the ability to be there, especially Bastoni and Skriniar. Is, I mean, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I I know what you mean, but I think today, looking at defenders around the world, uh, especially at that age bracket or or level of experience or competition, I, I struggle to think of anyone uh, who uh, who would blow any of these guys out of the water in terms of performances or, or stature. But anyway, that's the side issue. The, 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 main, the, main, the main point is what's been very surprising in the last run, this uh, seven-game win, winning run, is the, uh, the lack of goals conceded. And like you said, uh, like you said um, maybe Handanovic's uh, upswing in form is in no small part due to the fact that he knows that in front of him lies this solid wall and, and, and the team is doing their job and he has confidence in, you know, uh, not uh, leaking uh, ridiculous uh, balls through and then 
that uh, allowed him to regain his confidence and step up his uh, game as well. So, yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you totally in everything you said. Um, oh, um, Ed, um, I, I'm keen to hear what you, what, how you, um, how you felt when you, when you watched it. We've not had you on for, you've not been able to come on for for a long time. Um, I mean, this this has been quite the roller coaster season. I mean, I think Mo was the only person in the world who who thought that Inter were going to win the Scudetto in November when Inter finished last in the Champions League in the Champions League group, um, and it was looking really grim. Um, how, I mean, did, honestly, did you think Inter would be in this position given where we, when we were there in, 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 in November? And do you think that Inter will win uh, this, this Scudetto moving forward? So let's answer question one. Back in November, did I think we'd be first right now? The answer is no. Ma assolutamente no. Of course, constant pessimist. And I have to respect and admire Mo for being an Inter fan all his life and for maintaining this. I don't even want to call it optimism because I think there's a lot of reasoning behind it. Optimism mm. sometimes lets you think that someone is being too generous or mm. too this. I think, Mo, you had very good reasons back in November to believe that we'd be in front right now. And I think the rest of us sometimes do get carried away. But, you know, we're by the sort of bad news and sort of developments and the fact that, you know, it's it's Inter. You'll just say to yourself, my Inter. You know, I grew up on joke books being written about Inter failing to win anything. Oh, who's got the best team on paper? Inter. Ha ha ha. So Moratti covered the entire pitch in newspapers. Get rid of it. That was my, that was my, that, that was our teenage years, Nima. You know, yeah, that's, I yeah, I was going to say, Mo, you, me. That's, that's how we grew up. That's how we grew up, babe. <laughs> I mean, oh. Yeah. But, uh, so the second question was, do I think we're going to do this now? Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And I wanted to say something. And I wanted to say this after we'd gone two up against Palmer. I wanted to say it then. And I think I jinxed it because a few minutes later, Palmer scored the goal that you know could have let them back into the game and let them back in the game effectively, which was this is how champions play. This is how Juventus used to play when I hated them. Well, I still hate them. But, you know, they would just defend and then <laughs> score these cheesy goals on the counter. And you'd be like, oh, God, I can switch this game off now or try and watch La Liga instead because I'll get more entertainment that way. Because they would just have these games down pat. And yes, admittedly, Inter conceded the goal, but then they showed great personality as they showed great personality against Atalanta. And this is how champions win it. And I really enjoyed that Luigi Garlando wrote about this in the Gazzetta today. He wrote the word, he wrote the word soffrire about 400 times, which... Obviously, we all know what that means, but, you know, the Italian concept to suffer. But if it's used in this context, it also means to be able to sort of um, to be able to hold on. That's possibly the best definition to hold on, to deal with it with a stiff upper lip. And I think Inter showed incredible poise in the second half, because at the end of the day, Atlanta's best chances were in the first half, not in the second. And I didn't I, I really disagree with the English commentators. So I was following the world stream as well. And towards the end of the game, they were saying, oh, the second commentator who'd added nothing during the entire game said, you really feel it coming, don't you? The Atalanta goal. And I just said, no, because I've been watching Italian football for more than 10 minutes. And I know that this is a team that is actually running out of ideas and a, and a defense that is, if anything, increasing in stature. Mm. So, no, I, I am, to be honest with you, Mo, you were right. And yeah. to be quite honest with you. I didn't they, see this coming either. And, and no. the thing is, like you said, Mo isn't like... He's not a silly person who's like just optimistic, like shiny. No, you don't happy. get carried away. No, no he, exactly. He had a thought behind everything he said, and I mm. couldn't see it. I really couldn't see it. So shout out to, to Mystic Mo. 
I mean, I was following the podcast this season. You sounded like you believed in it more. Yeah. I mean, in previous seasons, yeah. you would believe in previous seasons. I think, Mo, you would believe in a result that we didn't believe in. Yeah. So, oh yes, this weekend we'll do Lazio, and I mm. might have thought to my in my own, you know, sort of, I would have thought, okay, that's nonsense. But to you, for you to actually say, no, 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 we're going to win the title this year. It's like, okay, well, that's completely different. <laughs> you exposed yourself, and well, so far, chapeau. Mm, exactly. Amici, amici. <laughs> El ultima reta. Look at the yeah. next four games. Yeah. I don't want to jinx it, but look no. at the next four games. Mm. The next tough game we have is Napoli. Is uh, fuori grotta, amici. That's mm. oof. No, it's 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 Napoli. I mean, I'm looking, and it's one. And if I'm not mistaken, Will, you can help me on this. Is it is it not like one game a week now for two weeks, and then the international break, and then. It's it's too is it is it is it another three game week uh, there before the Napoli game or I can't remember. I'm putting on this spot uh, here, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry about that. You've got me. You've got me testing my. Got me testing how fast I can uh, Wikipedia something. No. While we're on air. Um, no, I mean we, we've got Europe coming up, haven't we? So we can't have those games. Um, you know, no. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the next uh, the next uh, three game week is uh, Napoli Spezia Verona, which is the, yeah. the end of April. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Napoli is the beginning of that week. So so the next four games is is when Conte gets a week to prepare for games, and we all know I next mean, five. Sorry. Sorry, next five. Yeah, the, the, yeah the although next, Bologna obviously is coming off an international break, so that's not as yeah. easy. But yeah, in theory, yeah. five no, games I mean, with one yeah. week preparation. Yeah, exactly. It's it's five games we have one 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 week to prepare for, and we all know it's our, it's it's not even up for debate. There is no better coach in the world when he has a week to prepare for games than Antonio Conte. And I'm looking at that draw, and, I, and like you said, I don't want to jinx it. Aside from the Napoli game, that's twelve points. That means eleven, eleven possibly straight wins. Uh, which is crazy. I mean, I I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> I have to pinch myself. And I and 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 the reason and I and I did and I said it yesterday on Twitter and, and everyone lost their minds. And I was kind of, I I do think Inter are going to win it. I'm calling it. Inter are winning the scudetto. There's no. I mean, it would take. Let me put it to you this way. It would take a collapse of historic stature for Inter to 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 lose this because that look. It's at least seven points. And I know it's six points in, in actual points, but you have to remember Inter have that head-to-head over Milan as well. So it's, in essence, it is seven points, which means that Inter have to lose two and draw one, and the others have to win all in order for, for them to overtake Inter. Um, I don't see that happening. I honestly don't see that happening. And and I know, so so that's why I, I, I was tweeting yesterday, I'm calling it Inter winning the Scudetto. And it feels bizarre to to bring those words in my mouth. Uh, it really does. But I guess I'm going to have to get used to that. <laughs> I mean, we, we've gotten, if we've gotten used to Kuzmanovic and, and, and the rest of it for the past decade, I guess we can get used to Inter winning the Scudetto, which still feels bizarre. But let, I mean... But 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 I think for me what what really grounded it was the performance. I mean against Atalanta against Parma when because because I I thought Milan's trap game for me was against Udinese and Hellas and especially when when because Udinese can frustrate anyone in this league and at the same time Inter now have played two matches where they have not it's quite it's not been clicking properly uh, and they've gone and won those games they've delivered the goods. That's something that we that that this team has not done for 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 over a decade. Win ugly, 
and and it's beautiful when Inter win ugly because it annoys so many people. But <laughs> above all, it, it's beautiful because it annoys an, an an incredible amount of people. But but above all, it's it's beautiful to see because this is this is how like you said, Ed, this is how champions play. This is this is how you act when you win the league, and this is how Juventus have done these past nine seasons when they won the league, when these ugly, like you said, gritty they counter attacking a goal. This is how you win 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 leagues, and it's and it's looking more and more like it. Mo, I, I'm I'm feeling you need to bring down the positivity here a little bit. I think we're in the twilight zone here, and, and I'm I'm flying off into the into the atmosphere. Talk me down. Why aren't Inter gonna win? Why is this gonna be tight and go and get down to the wire? Yeah, look, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be tied or down to the wire, but uh, I, I'm ju- I'm definitely not comfortable with all this positivity. It's it's, it's <laughs> me neither. Yeah, no, no. It's it's. Uh, I, I, it's I, I just need a few minutes to get over Nima asking Mo to for, for the negative <laughs> and for the, to bring us down to back down to earth. I'm some sort of weird parallel universe I've stepped into here. <laughs> no, look, I I, I don't know. Um, Again, I think uh, the, the bottom line for me is, uh, like I said last week, is as we do these match previews and I continue looking for predictions and generally trying to second guess how Inter are going to go into the games and, you know, lose matches that they, that they shouldn't and whatever. This team has just gone out and done what is expected of its potential, to, uh, you know, and, and, and they've done the business when they've had to. And when we look at the rest of the league, there's no real reason why they should drop points or drop points more than any of their the chasing pack would against any of the any of the other teams. And I think that's it. I think this team. I think Patrick had mentioned that earlier on uh, before he left. Um, there's a sense of belief after the derby that hey, you know what? We, we're this is us. They, 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 they've taken on the persona of. The true capulista, the true favorite, the true you know uh, scudetto leader. So I I think as long as this mentality, this this will to continue winning against all sides and continue like uh, not underestimating any opponents, all that all that all that mental stuff that counts for so much more than just the physical tactics that that take place over the ninety minutes. If they can continue making sure that that part of the game is is under control and kept in check we're gonna we're just gonna do our business i don't know how tight the race is going to be because i don't i can't speak for for the other teams milan certainly can uh, you know seem to always seem to pull off these ridiculous results like winning at the olympico or winning at the bentogodi when you when you wouldn't expect them to but they also but they play but they do so playing well like that's the thing with with these two teams that that really surprises me with both inter and milan it's that the football they play, uh, Milan against Roma, they dominated Roma. And against Hellas, even though they have so many injuries, it's as if Pioli, he's, everything that we, ne- we never saw, saw before in his career, in how he was unable to turn a tide when, you know, first things go up, like, like a straight arrow uh, upwards, and then when they go down, they go equally as, as straight down. But at Milan, it seems that he's found that ability to to stop that and, and reinvent and, and and get these players on board and, and to get them to adapt. I mean, this new role that Kessie has, 
playing him deeper when when Benasser is gone. It's been phenomenal, and that that in in its in in and of itself has unlocked Tonali and and Krunic, et cetera, and the rest. And and Sellemakers is 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 looking much more like a professional footballer than he's ever had ever been. Um, and then yeah. and then you look yeah, and, then no, you look, and then you look at Inter. Sorry, I just gonna say. And then you look at Inter, and I look at. Christian Eriksen is defensively more sound than Arturo Vidal and Roberto Gagliardini. And that's that's a transformation that him and Conte have to they, they're both equally to 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 praise for that. But it's truly remarkable. I never thought that Christian Eriksen would be a defensive midfield pillar like he's become. And and I don't know how to and I, I can't process that because I did not see that coming. Mo, did you? Yeah, sorry, I got I got stuck on mute uh, here. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I think I think you're right, but I but yeah, I mean, look, Milan have Napoli up next, so I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Uh, I think they're 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 more likely to to drop points than Inter, and they have Milan and have uh, Napoli at uh, the San Siro, which. I mean, I, I was just checking out a curiosity yesterday, but their away, their home form, their away form is the top, top of the, the top of the t- table, but their home form is, I think, the, puts them at seventh or eighth in the league. So, let's see, let's see how that works out. Again, I think now we've reached a point where we shouldn't think of how what the rest do. We are the, I mean, Inter are the uh, are the league leaders, and all they need to do is do what they keep on doing what they've been doing, which is taking care of business. Racking up the three points, and at the end of the day, you know they'll finish. They'll finish top of the league, and I, I think it's as simple as that. So here's here's the hoping that Conte can make sure that uh, the guys can keep it all together mentally, physically, and tactically, uh, so that uh, you know come May we're celebrating. What is it, Pad- padrone dei nostri destini, as as Paletti used to used to say? Um, God, I miss him. <laughs> He's a crazy, crazy guy. <laughs> I, 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 I'm sorry on, on Spalletti. I don't know if I, I I said this on the podcast the other day, but for some reason, about a month ago, for, for whatever reason, I got uh, I, I like that uomini forti, destini forti, deboli, destini deboli. It got stuck in my mind, so I decided to. To, to watch it on YouTube, it's such such a <laughs> such a viral clip. Like it's amazing. It really is amazing. Nation, <laughs> his his like the whole thing is just perfect, perfect. And it got stuck in my head for like seven days. I just kept on <laughs> driving between meetings, between calls, whatever. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's people who get stuck with grime songs in their song in their head yeah, for seven exactly. days on Shakira, and you get stuck with Luciano Spalletti saying, "Insomma, la cosa importante è uomini forti." I love him and and I just the you know uh, I think I mean what Handanovic said I think it was after the derby when he goes that look we something changed when Spalletti came here uh, mentality wise and quality wise and he built something that Conte's come in and built on and I think that's I think that's a really interesting point uh, and 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 I think that's that shouldn't be forgotten here even though <laughs> he was completely crazy and 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 funny and and he was i mean just the things he did i, I miss I, I think i missed a little bit about of the um 
like his flamboyance and and <laughs> and general just spalettiness, <laughs> you know, just looking, making, you know, running into the camera during training, making funny faces and stuff like that. I, I don't know. He's he's quite the character. I hope to be, I hope we get to see him in the Serie A pretty soon. Um, let's talk about. I mean, Torino now, uh, a relegation battling Torino on 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 Sunday, uh, and uh, I. We still, I mean, this is another thing. Barella, Bastoni, Lukaku, Brozovic are still one yellow card away from suspension. And they're not, you know, they're not even close to getting yellow carded. Um, so they're all going to be there for, for for the Torino game. I just hope that we, we this is the last we see of Arturo Vidal in, a, in an inter-starting lineup. Because if when Christian Eriksen comes on and shows that he's better defensively, then I think this is the team, you know, just go with it. Uh, the only thing you need to to maybe shift between is is Alexis Sanchez and Lautaro Martinez, depending on who you play, because of um, you know depending on, on on how they defend and and who which player suits, you know which traits suit you know what the opponent's uh, traits suit Inter's traits in terms of attack and the approach Conte wants to use. I'm thinking two three nil win win Lukaku Dopietta uh, and uh, Barella goal three nil. What do you think, Mo? Well, let's uh, let's give Eriksen uh, that goal that he deserves. Uh, so we'll, we'll have Eriksen score. Uh, Lukaku needs to get on the score sheet. Um, let's call it a hard-fought 2-1 win. It's not going to be easy. Uh, I, I, actually, I, you never really know with these uh, with these uh, relegation battling sides. Uh, and I I know that David De Nicola is uh, uh, you know a calculated manager when it comes to uh, uh, planning these great escapes, so maybe he decides that this is a throwaway game and he, he shouldn't focus too much on it because the the three points are gone, so they're not going to put up a fight. I, I I don't know, I don't know. But uh, in a traditional sort of uh, relegation battling towards the end of season-ish sort of sense, I would imagine this being a tough match. Um, so I, I'd say a, a tough two-one. Uh, with uh, Lukaku and uh, Eriksen scoring. Um, hopefully Eriksen's uh, getting the winning goal towards the end of the match for extra... Extra... Uh, <laughs> extra inter-porn. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Ed, uh, what about you? What do you think? I've got to be honest. Um, I don't, I'm not particularly concerned by Torino. I just don't see this team... I mean, their most recent performance saw them get absolutely, you know, Shellacked by Crotone and so on, but um, they they haven't, you know, they beat Gallery. I admit that actually surprised me, but otherwise they're quite winless. No one scores on that team outside of Bellotti. Yeah, no, I see this as a comfortable win too. I really do. I just, I'm really sad because I've always sort of had a very soft spot for Torino. I've had a soft spot for Bellotti. I just really like that club. I just really. For me, it's the sort of side of Turin I, I like, for obvious reasons. <laughs> and no, I, I just don't see them causing us a problem, really. I think Sassuolo is the trap game, if anything. But if we've seen from this season, the season's completely crazy. So we could just roll over both of these teams and then trip up against someone else, as far as I as far as far I can see it. No, I don't see this being a problem at all. La lista dei diffidati va bene. But I think, really, we should consider the diffidati ahead of Napoli. That's yeah. the real issue. I'd rather get a card right now and place a swallow with <laughs> a reserve player than then have to worry about... Because then it's ball or away and, like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. 
and then Cagliari at home supposedly and yeah. ah, that ain't so much right yeah. no, these are all leaky ships I mean these are the three teams that have possibly annoyed me the most this season in Serie A outside of Crotone and um, yeah so I really don't have a high opinion of these sides at all to be honest with you no. so no, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, where uh, Will? Uh, I mean, this this uh, this this um, cliffhanger with the with the yellow cards. I mean, <laughs> it's just it just keeps on rolling, and 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 I'm you know that's the only thing I'm worried about. Is it how is this going to come and bite Inter in the ass in the worst way? Um, where are you on this? What what are you thinking? What are you thinking there? Well, we had we've spent a, a month talking about the, the players that were on a warning, and the first person to pick up a painful yellow card was the coach because Antonio Conte is suspended for this match instead of any of his players. This was rather surprising. He's, he's picked up a, a that booking he got against Atalanta, so we're going to have Stellini again uh, for this match in, uh, in Turin. I mean, it's remarkable, isn't it? You know, and, and it was De Frey called him out on it last night in the in the interviews didn't they Conte was saying how how he was pleased that we didn't get any yellow cards and how it showed that you know everyone was disciplined and it wasn't a sort of a really a, a desperate effort and then Defray, who was on the sort of on the line with him at the same time actually he stopped and said actually mister there was a yellow card you got one uh, which I thought was uh, which was a nice moment I mean look the, the, as you said we've now got four games where the it's not such a disaster if if we pick up these yellow cards. It still isn't. I still wouldn't feel entirely comfortable if, say, Barella and Brozovic picked up a booking for the same game, or if Lukaku and Barella did it for the same game. I'd still think it would be uh, it would be a, a it would be a problem. But you know, we've done the, the the three sort of really big games. We've we've escaped um, without without any uh, without any suspensions. And I think it's worth r- reminding people that. Uh, Marcelo Brozovic has now been on a warning for 11 games and he plays in central midfield. He picked up his fourth booking against Hellas Verona in December last year. Barella's been playing for eight games with a booking. Remember, he used to be Mr. Booking. You know, yeah. This is a really big improvement that Barella has made as well. For You've sure. had Bastoni, who's been playing for seven games um, against these big teams. So I think it's really impressive. And it's not as if they've been sort of pulling out of tackles and, and, and not playing properly. They just... They've got a, a real discipline um, mm. that's that's been helping them through. So no, I think that could still be a problem. If they all get booked in the same game, then sure. But I think we've. I don't think that's now a serious issue like it was ahead of these big games. So you know, to, you know, I wouldn't have minded, for instance, if one of them had picked. I must admit, I did. There was a moment at the end of this Atlanta game where I was kind of disappointed that one of them hadn't picked up a booking for the Torino game. But you know. It'll happen when it happens. We've got a six-point lead, which is actually seven, as you said. So I don't think it's it's not a huge concern to me anymore, personally. Um, no, no. Can I just say on um, on the Atalanta game, I I said I tweeted this last night. I think that uh, not selling Skriniar to Tottenham last summer is one of the biggest sliding doors moments that we've had in in this club's modern history. I mean, I compared it to Ibra and the the Ibraneto swap uh, on Twitter last night and. You know, it is it is potentially a Scudetto winning moment for us. You know, Spurs not offering enough money uh, has has been an absolute godsend, and uh, because he's been he's been as good as he's ever been for Inter in, um, in this season. So, thanks, Jose. Um, enjoy <laughs> whoever you've got. I can't remember who Spurs are playing at the moment in their central defence, but yeah, that's, that was good. I like that. <laughs> 
Undoubtedly, undoubtedly so. Um, what have you, have, did you have a prediction for Torino? Did I miss that? No, I think we'll win two nil. Um, Torino have had COVID, haven't they? They've uh, mm, they, they need yeah. to stay up. They, they're, they're probably going to be uh, quite urgent because when they before they had these performances, they were out of the bottom three, and now Cagliari have picked up them, and now they're in it. So uh, I don't necessarily think it'll be a cakewalk, but yeah, fundamentally they are rubbish. Um, the Crotone game, I didn't see it, but I was really surprised when I saw that result. I thought they were definitely going to win that game. So yeah, I think I think we should win this two 0 I also like the fact that we don't play after Juventus and Milan either, so we've got a chance to to pull out a gap. So I think this is all looking it's all looking good. I think we should win two 0 with Lukaku scoring both. Nice one. Um, right, uh, let's move on to the part of the show where we pay tribute, rip the piss out of, and criticize something or someone heavily in the world of football. Starting with the positivity, which will be presented by Mister Positivity this week's Moratti. By Mohamed Nasser. He's, he works a lot, he's intelligent, and he surprises uh, people sometimes with his uh, ideas. Not easy to find one person of this quality. Uh, yeah, so um, again, um, this uh, the theme of this uh, podcast and this discussion so far has been the defense, no doubt, uh, owing to the really fantastic performance against Atalanta yesterday. Uh, we've spoken about unit. Uh, Will just spoke about uh, Skriniar and the sliding doors. And I think the Moratia this week has to be uh, Milan Skriniar. Uh, not only did he uh, put in a masterful defensive performance on top of like a great set of uh, defensive performances as well in other league matches, but uh, I can't remember who on Twitter yesterday had uh, written it, but the case of Skriniar is probably the craziest case of improvement on a single season in terms of personal performance. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous where this guy was last year, uh, where I was uh, over the summer talking about, you know, selling him or Brozovic and then, you know, maybe maybe selling Skriniar is better value for money because he clearly doesn't fit, so on and so forth. And to now being uh, the, again, once again, you know, if if not better than, but on par with De Frey and Bastoni as a you know a real pillar on which this team is founded, um, with that goal as well. You know, the winning goal and an extremely important match, showing all the desire and heart at the back and up at uh, at the other side at, at, the, at the other end of the pitch as well. So the Moratti of the week has to be Milan Skriniar. For me, I have to second that, and I have to say, for me, he is Inter's next captain. Um, Milan Skrinja should be Inter's next captain for all the reasons you said, and also because of the fact that in modern football, you don't see players sacking their agents who are asking for too much money to be able to conclude a contract extension with the club you're at. And he did that. Uh, That is loyalty that money just can't buy. And the fact that he was on his way out, he refused to leave, he wanted to stay and fight for his place, and boy, has he. Um, it's a make the man. I mean, I, I know everyone, you know, Nicolo Barella obviously is a candidate as well. But to me, it's got to be Milan Skriniar. I, I love Barella and I understand why you'd make Barella the captain. But uh, Skriniar captain, Barella deputy captain is is, is where I am, I am on that. Um, I'm, I'm just quickly, before we move on, do you, who do you guys have uh, as, as the next captain? Is it Skriniar, is it Barella? Starting with you, Mo. Yeah, I think I think uh, Skriniar for sure. He's got seniority and in, uh, in the team and in age. I think uh, you know he's got a few years ahead of uh, on Barella. So eventually Barella will will 
will have his time in in the spotlight as well. So yeah, no, I'm I'm all for Skriniar. What about you, Ed? I wouldn't, be against, uh, I wouldn't be even against theft of right to be honest with you, but no, I think Skriniar. I think I like having a solid defender being the captain, and I think I just like to think back. Um, so we were talking about, I guess, um, being able to overturn a bad start of a season to the second half of the season. Just remember what our expectations were of Skriniar before he joined and when he joined. <laughs> we just thought, okay, this is just another jabroni signing. And then look what he did. That's why it never sat well with me. It never sat well with me that we were going to sell him. I just thought, what are you doing? It, no. It annoyed, it, it annoyed me as well. I mean, that anyone it, who followed me on Twitter knows that I was raging at the very prospect of selling. Of course you were. It's just, you don't sell me last game. You, know, you just don't. You don't. You don't. You like, don't do it, 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 it's comparable. I have to be and honest. You, it's comparable to selling you, Roberto Carlos. No, it's, but it's, it's, like, it's Yeah. I mean, especially given that he was on his way to... Tottenham and Jose Mourinho, you do not give Jose Mourinho Milan Skriniar. No! Because that's just a, that's a cheat code. You do not arm Jose with Skriniar. <laughs> you, bring Jose, you bring Jose to Inter if you want to unite them, but you do not give him where he is, Milan Skriniar. I mean, that, that's just, like, congratulations. No. You just turned, turned Tottenham, you just made Tottenham the best defence in the world. Like, you just don't do that. Um, so, no, I'm totally with you there. Uh, what about you, Will? Are you, are you, Bar- are you Barella or Skriniar for captain no i think you said it all right uh leadership longevity um Skriniar had no fanfare when he came he earned his reputation with performances um mm. he has never put a foot wrong in terms of his attitude even when he was out of the team last season mm. and he pops up in big moments with big goals and uh, yeah i don't think there's I, I, I barella is the captain and that's fine i think he's yeah. he's probably going to go on to be a legend as well but yeah. right now I'd, I'd give it to Skriniar, and, and i love the front page of gazette this morning with Skriniar, uh bacho scudetto i'm going to remember that <laughs> uh, if, if we end up winning the league I thought oh that was god i loved reading that oh with ericsson so in the good. in the background woke, as well woke up was, saw that went into gazetta gold and i was like oh this is going to be a good day yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, nice. No, Some of the yeah. other papers, by the way, to sort of uh, depict this as Handanovic saves everything and into, you know, Atalanta play and, and into win. You know, you were saying earlier that this is going to annoy all the right people. You can already sense it. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Those, I, those I mean, Gasparini yesterday, his tears, like, inject them yeah. into my arms. Like, it's just... very, very care, like, not an inter. Yeah, uh, you can like, see it's in Yeah, he's, like when he said those words, I was watching it live on TV and I started scream laughing. I was like, oh, yes, more, more. Make this interview go longer. I just want to hear him. I just want to see him squirm and hate this situation so much. It just gives me so much joy. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I am, pe- I am petty. I am really petty. I don't care. Gasparini. Like everything he said and his tenure at the club, I I have I don't like the guy. I have nothing against Atalanta, but I am very petty. And when I see that he was so he was, he was eating him from the inside and out, oh, delicious! I eat that up, like mm, mm, yeah, was, exactly. <laughs> like just get off our sack, dude. That was like in 2012, man. Like just get over it, man. Like. I mean, no. if you'd chosen a career as an accountant, I'd understand. But this is football <laughs> manager, dude. I mean, yeah, he was completely boned over. Don't get me wrong. Moratti gave him nothing to work with. He gave him, like, Laxalt before Laxalt was any good. But, I mean, come on. Like, basta. No. 
I agree. So agree. Agree. Every time we play them, he has to say something. <laughs> yeah. Every time. It's He's like, so mad. It's like, like, it's like him and De Boer, Frank De Boer. It's like every time. Every yes. Time. And and I just I just remember Jose Mourinho, the worst coach in the history of the Premier League. <laughs> that's, that's eh, <laughs> I love it. Love it. Nothing like a Mourinho takedown. He doesn't mm. fuck around. Right. Let's uh, let's move on to something much more uh, comical. This week's frog, which we presented by Mr. William Beckman. E clamoroso autogol di Ranocchia. Yeah, we, I mentioned one sliding doors moment earlier with with Scriniar and, and not going to Spurs. Um, this this other one is kind of linked to another sliding doors moment that could have potentially ruined our season. Uh, now, admittedly, this wasn't a, and this never really gained huge traction as a, as a transfer rumor, but it did. I do remember us covering it on the site in January, and that was this idea that we were going to possibly swap Christian Eriksen for Granit Xhaka at <laughs> Arsenal. Um, and Granit Xhaka proved this weekend why that would have been a seismically awful idea um, with uh, one of the funniest goals that I've seen this season, I think. Um, Arsenal were playing really well against Burnley, not necessarily an easy team to face. They got in front, they'd done the hard bit, and they're sort of playing it out from the back, and Xhaka proved that he can't do that in the same way that well, let's say it was more from the Arturo Vidal school of playing out from the back than from the Christian Eriksen playbook. He, uh, he just—he <laughs> didn't—he didn't even pass it to Chris Wood. He just sort of kicked it at his shin or his hip. With with, I mean, firstly, why why are you playing the ball across your box? That's the one thing that you, yeah. you never do, especially not if if you haven't looked. And it was so farcical the way it bounced off Chris Wood's hip and, and bounced in for a match that ended up one-one. By the way, so it cost them two points. And Chris Wood was so, he, he, he didn't even have the heart to celebrate because he was so shocked at what had happened. He was sort of shrugging at his teammates going, oh, I, I, I don't know, I don't know what happened really. Um, and uh, Chaka walked back to the, the halfway line and uh, was thinking, oh, I could have been winning the league with Inter at the moment if uh, my agent had been a bit cleverer. So yeah, <laughs> thankfully we didn't sell Christian Eriksen because otherwise we could have been conceding four or five goals like that this summer, uh, this season, sorry. Um, so yeah. Go away. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't have said it better. That, that, yeah, everything you said. Uh, let's move on to something much more negative. This week's Moji, which we presented by Mr. Eduardo Dal Monte. Normally, this is—I mean, this is a slam dunk, isn't it? You could you could literally fire any word or adjective at me, and I could somehow connect it to this guy. If you guys want to try this thought experiment, I hate improv comedy. I fell asleep last time I tried watching. Literally, you can come up with any word, and okay. I can connect. Okay, okay, okay. Right. okay. Um, brava, brava, brava. Um, Mo, 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 just say any word, like any noun or any, any. adjective, or, or just any word. Dog. Yeah, well, a dog would have more sense than to climb on a motorbike with a complete stranger. You would think, you would think that a dog was house trained, that a dog was taught to do certain things, but no, but no, this guy had to get on the motorcycle. And I mean, you know, it's a, it's a good job that AC Milan are so unprofessional as to let their guy, oh yeah, my car's broken down. What do I do? I get on the motorcycle. And as my dad pointed out, my dad, you know, the hero, he was like, excuse me, but if it'd been an accident, who would have paid? Yeah. Because, and this is literally the least bad thing he's done this week. 
And trust me, there are many, and you guys all know this better than I do. I mean, honestly, I don't even know where to begin with this guy. Okay, so he goes to San Remo, and Nima, Nima knows all about this because I was ranting about this at Nima by, on WhatsApp. What was he doing presenting San Remo? It was honestly unwatchable. The show itself is unwatchable. And then you've got this guy just like, oh, ha, 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 I am Ebra. I, I do what I want. I'm in charge. And it's like, guys... That was funny in maybe 2005 when he was still playing for Juve. It really isn't funny right now. We had to watch him perform three times. He had to sing. He sang with Sinisa Mihailovic at one point. It was so bad. Uh, like, I, I don't you... think I've cringed so much in my life as when they are standing there singing whatever song that was. Volare. Like, it was drunk, Volare. Yeah, like like drunken, like, like basically like a group of Swedish football fans drunk in Kos on Hollywood. <laughs> like it was it was painful it was painful I, I i've never cringed so bad i wanted I, I literally went and hid under a pillow whilst i was watching it it, it really hurt me it, i felt physical see. pain no and, and done, then he, that was my discovery for the week oh and not just oh. that he can't sing and then and then when he walks down the stairs later on the week when he was doing that ridiculous dance and it was like why but why why are but, you doing yeah. this there is no need for this and and i get that you want to be you know you want to you know you want to you know he's italy's his second home he's looking at his career afterwards but if this is if is this family entertainment then this is probably the reason why we'll never get married and have kids, I guess, because oh, and <laughs> the Manson family, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I mean... no, like, is, is this what, what in what looking at like people that sports stars who are out of their depth doing things they shouldn't be doing, which is just looking like awkward giraffes. Like, no. Oh, it's, I knew. And that's actually the second just... thing he did, you know? No. No. Well, he, he also got um, he also got done by Sinisa, didn't he? He got he got another Champions League gag on stage. Yeah. And he said there are those who played the Champions League and and those who've won it. How many people could get away with saying that to Zlatan Ibrahim? Well, I mean, they on... are. <laughs> 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 I, can, I can think of. I mean, I've know I know at least I've seen this happen at least two times. Once was when. Uh, uh, during the Swedish uh, Oscar del Calcio, when the fem- when Lotta Schelin, this the a female Swedish football player who won the Champions League with Lyon, I think several times, when she was getting Swedish female footballer of the year, and she turns it out to him, it's like she was going, yeah, this has been um, this has been a fantastic year winning the Champions League, and then turns around to Slatan and says, yeah, how about that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like so. So I think, and he was he laughed it off, obviously, because obviously, obviously. that's. That, that's the thing that that he's been missing. But I mean, Sinisa and him—they're very good friends. They're like, yeah. You know, so, so, so I, I think the the fact that he, I don't, I think he people maybe to think that he takes himself a little bit too seriously. I, I don't think he does because if you took yourself seriously, you wouldn't do what he did for the past. No, week God, no, you wouldn't. You, you, and he, was... and he ruined. I mean, this is like possibly actually the because he, I, I was going to say he did three or four things this week, and we all know what they were, but. That I'm going to add a fourth because I just suddenly thought about this. He ruined Sinisa Mihailovic for me because, you know, like Sinisa, look at him. He's smiling. He looked in great shape on the stage. And it's like, leave Sinisa, you know, leave him alone. Let him, let this be his moment because I was so happy that it's like, look, he looks really happy and he's there and he's chatting away. 
And then what? And this is, oh, by the way, have you no shame? A month after you uttered racist, racist indecencies as a person of African origin and you got pantsed in the derby. I mean, any one of us would be hiding in a cave right now for the next 25 years thinking, well, I hope people forget about it. And it's like, by the way, we're not going to forget about it, but never mind that. Scusa, cioè, non ti vergogni, amico. And obviously the worst thing is the LeBron thing. Which is even worse. That, which was, is... that was really embarrassing, and LeBron just took him to town on that. I mean, oh, I, I, I still, I, I mean, we we've discussed this, and I mean, we all agree, we all think differently. I, I don't think the Lukaku thing, voodoo thing, was was racist at all. But when you don't he think so? Go, no, I don't think so. I, I think Ooh. he was quite clear what he was referring to. But never mind that. But the thing, the LeBron thing, that just was like, be quiet. You've no idea what you're talking about here, because yeah. And and then and then his defense was racism isn't politics. And uh... <laughs> which, which is which is just so that that's also like well and, and he's not alone in thinking that you should have seen I mean I've heard that by so many people not just in Sweden but generally online when when he said oh, yeah see see bro Slatan was right and I'm like mm. and it's like the it, I'm not, I don't mean this is as as a derogatory form of someone being stupid but it's ignorant and uninformed to say something like that uh, about because it's not true. And and to go up against LeBron James, who love him or hate him, the guy he does his homework, he knows what he's talking about. It just it just it just fell flat. It fell so flat. And oh, the the, the Sanremo nightmare that that he put it. You know, it, it, who is this guy's PR agent, and why aren't they telling him to? Like, who's advising him? Does he even have someone? Because it's. I was going. I was going to say, who's? Good? I don't think he would accept advisors. Would he? He's he's his own. He's his own entity, isn't yeah. he? I think he, I think no. he does He's his not going to accept footballing coaching advice. Is he going to accept PR advice? Well, I mean, no, yes, but I mean, the footballing thing, you can understand that's his job, that's he's good at, but he's not good at PR. He's really not. I mean, it's been... No, it's, true. Since, since the derby, it's been one giant disaster after another for him. He's just made... He's taken... It's like you put one foot and then he manages to put both feet and both hands in his mouth over and over again. And it's just like, mm, stop talking. Less is more. Silence is golden. And it's he like, was he was lucky he got injured this other week because it was, it was well, that's absolutely embarrassing. That's another that thing. Was, I, they were going to have him, you know, coming to and from training to play Milan's, yeah. you know, midweek games in uh, against Udinese and against Verona. You know, this sort of special training program on the beach that, that Milan didn't even announce themselves. It was Amadeus, an Inter fan, <laughs> who was telling people what Ibra was going to be doing for his training throughout the San Remo week. I mean, it was really. Really embarrassing. It was weird. It was weird. It was really weird. And I and I and I can't help but think that if the, if this was an Inter player doing this, oh, cover, Mauro Icardi. Yeah, just think. Yeah, Mauro and Wanda. If they were still around, and Mauro decided to do that for a week, like can you just imagine the pressure Inter would be under? I mean, it would it would be a completely different thing. And lose. And whilst doing that. You il sorpasso. You get passed by Inter in the top. It's uh, nah. It was, wouldn't live that down. You wouldn't live that down for years. No. That would go down as the year in which you showed up at San Remo while your team was tanking. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly how it would yeah. be. And, and he, no. he was stood on the he was stood on the stage at San Remo while Milan were losing to Udinese <laughs> and would have lost had it not been for a Calciopoli handball from Stuttgart Larsson in the 90s. Yeah. Is God. Just... Actually, that could have been a that could have been a mochi. Yeah, or, 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 uh, for or, sure. Whatever you want. Yeah, no, no, it's the Stiga Larsson thing. I mean, but the, the funny thing is that's not even the worst handball that Milan that that, um, that has happened in a Milan game. I mean, Sumaro, Sumaro, uh, 
against uh, Bologna. He managed to grab the ball with both hands in the penalty attack, <laughs> which was a feat in and of itself. I, I, I've, I genuinely sat there with open mouth, gobsmacked, wondering if, if, if my, you know, if there was something wrong with my TV when I saw that. So no, right. Uh, that's all we have time for this week. Uh, let's. Uh, I want to thank uh, Chris uh, Patrick uh, Taroni. I want to thank you, Mo. Thank you very much. It was a great episode. As, as always, um, you, Mr. Eduardo Dal Monte. Good to have you back. Don't be a stranger. Oh, bless you. Thank you for having me back. Oh, so happy to be here. Good to be with you. And Mr. William Beckman. Thank you. Stay tuned to Semprinter for Saudi news now this week. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, Qatari links. You know, we're, we're bringing all the glitz and glamour this week on, uh, to, the, to the Sooning story. Um, Yes, but uh, anyway, happy birthday, Inter, and um, yes. three points, happy birthday. please. Happy birthday, Inter. Until next you, next week, I'm your host, Nimatavale Rutsari, wishing you to stay health, good, stay safe, stay healthy, uh, listen to your uh, authorities, uh, wishing you three points, and sempre e solo forza Inter. <laughs>